Well, good morning, St. Luke's. It's always wonderful to see you from this vantage point. Uh, For those that don't know me, I'm Tony Johns. Um, My first commitment here is to the property committee. We all know that. (laughs) Amen, Allison. Uh, But I also get to direct the Crossroads Community Ministry every day with so many of you who serve with us and it's quite an honor. Today we celebrate Trinity Sunday and last week we had just a great day, didn't we? I mean, what a beautiful day, the flower arrangement. Uh, I always love it when Mary gets to fling the bird over us. That's uh, so much fun. And we just had a wonderful spirit of celebration a spirit of unity, a spirit of being back in this beautiful nave together and being able to enjoy just uh, the, the community that we have at St. Luke's, which is a precious, precious thing. And I believe that today's gospel reading and, and the understanding of Trinity Sunday reaffirms the truth that Christ calls us together in a unity of community within all of the grand diversity that exists within his creation. And we get to celebrate that each week together in the liturgy and in the Eucharist, and I'm so grateful. The passage today in John 16 is set within a larger context that begins in John chapter 13, where Jesus, uh, at the Last Supper with his disciples, uh, has washed the feet of his disciples. In the other Gospels, we have him breaking the bread and sharing the cup. But in John, uniquely, we get this intimate act of service and love and community from Jesus himself as he kneels down to wash the feet of those with whom he has been in community for the previous three years. He has given us this example, and that's exactly what he says to his disciples. After he washes his feet, their feet, he sits back down and he says, do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand this act of service, this act of love? Now I would have for you to go and do this to one another and for one another, to live out a community of this type of humble service to one another in love. Jesus actually gives them what he calls a new commandment which seems shocking, an 11th commandment that Jesus is giving us. But it's a commandment that we should have known and heard before. Love one another. Not just love your neighbor outwardly, but love one another. Give love and receive love. A community of reciprocation of love. A community in which we invest in the other and receive from the other. On this Trinity Sunday... It's appropriate to talk about this giving and receiving in our understanding of who God is in God's existence. We understand God to be Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And sometimes in that formulaic approach, we can kind of lose the persons of the Trinity. And so today we get this understanding from Jesus to his disciples about this unique person of the Trinity that he calls the Spirit. In John chapter 14, he refers to this spirit as parakleton in the Greek, a word translated often advocate or comforter. This is one who will witness to all that Jesus has said and done. 
The Spirit will be given by Christ to his followers to witness to everything that Christ had accomplished, everything that Christ had shared. And what we see in John 13 is that the greatest thing at this point that Christ has has accomplished is bringing together people in love and unity in community. And that's the example that we receive from him. Jesus states in John chapter 14, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. A very unique and intimate relationship. He goes on to say, I will ask the Father and the Father will give you another helper or comforter so that that one may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Jesus gives this example of being in the Father, of the Father being in him, of the Spirit who rests upon him and is in him and with him, who will then be given to those who come after, to be with them and in them. And in so doing, we are invited into that triune relationship We are invited to participate in what has been taking place in the Godhead from all eternity. That intimate dance, the divine dance that exists between Father, Son, and Spirit that makes them one. We have now been given that Spirit to draw us in and make us one with God and one with one another. On the day of Pentecost, as we read last week, Peter explains what happens in this outpouring with the diverse tongues and the diverse group of people that are gathered. By quoting the prophet Joel, in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This spirit of truth that has existed eternally in communion with Father and Son, now poured out upon all the flesh, all the peoples that God has created, all languages, all colors, all race, all tribe, all creed, All the Spirit of God is poured out upon and all are invited into the divine dance of the Godhead. What a beautiful picture of what community can be. A giving to one another of love. When we talk about the Trinity in seminary, Winnie and I were talking earlier this week and we were being theology nerds and talking about all of the Uh, colorful language that we use, the uh, triune Godhead, the Trinitarian uh, eschatological presence, the perichoretic interrelatedness of the triune communion. We were blessing one another. And in that, in that, that perichoresis that we use to describe the dance, the existence, the relationship among the Godhead, it is a pouring out, a flow Richard Ward would say, an infinite flow out and into the other. At all times, the Father pouring out infinitely to the Son and to the Spirit. And at all times, the Son and Spirit pouring out infinitely to the Father in this ongoing giving so that you're never emptied, no matter how much you give, because you always receive. I see that taking place a lot on this campus. And it's something that we should cherish, we hold dear, the fact that we can come here and we can receive and receive and receive and it fills us up so that as we go out into the world to serve, we have something to give, to share with all of God's creation, 
to give and to receive, to love one another, to dance, to pour, to flow. That's the community of Christ that we're called to be. This spirit is called the spirit of truth because the spirit would guide us into all truth. Jesus actually begins the gospel reading today with this great statement. Uh, and another, another translation of this goes, uh, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't understand them right now. You're not ready for them right now. But what we see on the day of Pentecost is that with this pouring out of the Spirit of God into each and every person, they become ready to receive this message of community and love. We're told that the Spirit doesn't speak on her own behalf, but speaks what she hears from the Father and the Son in that holy, eternal conversation, a conversation that then is carried on with us. Each day in our lives, we have an opportunity to not only hear from God, to be in, in conversation with God. The Spirit is present with us and in us, speaking the truth of God, leading us into the truth of God through what we experience. And we have an opportunity then to give that back to God in this infinite flow, a flow that begins with the Godhead, comes to us and returns to the Godhead in our witness, in our, in our mission, and in our prayer. And we get to witness that to the world. The Spirit has been very active throughout Scripture, and we learn a lot by looking at the activity of this spirit of truth. As a matter of fact, in the very earliest passages of Genesis, we see that the spirit hovers over the face of the deep in the moments of creation. We see that the spirit has led the children of Israel in the wilderness with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The spirit has been active as the finger of God that sketches the commandments of God to Moses and the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. The Spirit has spoken the truth through the prophets. The Spirit has tabernacled just as the Spirit tabernacled over the face of the deep at the beginning. The Spirit has tabernacled over the womb of Mary at the conception of Jesus Christ. And finally, the Spirit is seen tabernacling like fire in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, separating and coming upon each and every unique person in that community, bringing them together in one, as one, in their diversity. The disciples would then be made ready to know, and we're made ready to know with the outpouring of the Spirit, and understand all that Jesus had taught and done. A unity uh, within diversity, uh, manifested beautifully by the fire separating and landing individually on each as a tongue of fire and speaking of many diverse languages as was so beautifully and eloquently uh, shown to us last week in the reading. This was a reversal of what had taken place at the Tower of Babel where people were actually separated by tongues or separated by language. And now God redeems humanity and brings them together in those diverse languages, showing that there is not conformity, but there is unity in love. As the church, we then represent this giving flow of love to one another, and we witness that to the world. This was Christ's prayer in John 17. The glory which you have given me, I also have given to them, Jesus prays, so that they his followers may be one, just as we, the Father and the Son, are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, 
so that the world may know that you sent me and you loved them just as you loved me. A community of love is what Jesus is praying for. Rich in diversity, unified and guided by the tabernacling presence of the Spirit of God, inviting us to participate in the divine dance. One of the most articulate and inspired ways that I've ever heard this concept explained comes from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his letter from the Birmingham jail. Dr. King writes this, in a real sense, all life is interrelated. All people are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. Because of the work of Christ, because of the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon all flesh, we have the opportunity not only to live that together here, but to take that as our witness into a world desperate for hope, desperate for peace, desperate for love. We are the agents of the Spirit of God, the temple of the Spirit, to share that with the world and to invite them into that divine dance of our Creator. Amen.